We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How likely is it that Oregon will land some of their top targets in the portal? Walter Nolan? How about Dante Moore? We'll talk about those guys on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. It is Wednesday, December 13th, 2023, coming to you from Long Beach, California. We are one week away from the early signing period for the 2024 recruiting class. There is a lot going on right now in the Oregon football space, which makes it super, super fun to cover. And obviously, it is a very busy time which is why it's important to lock in with me on all the social media platforms at Sports on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Taurus. We are on the road to 3K. Doing a mailbag, an Oregon football mailbag for today's episode of the podcast. I did a live stream on Tuesday for yesterday's show. And I don't know what it is, guys. I have done live streams with this type of microphone before and for whatever reason my audio just goes out the window gets super choppy when I do those live streams so for now we are going to be sticking with the podcasting platform pre-recorded video because that allows me to give you guys the best product at the end of the day so we're going to be talking about some transfer portal news we're going to be talking about some recruiting And we're also going to be taking a big picture look at the 2023 season for the Ducks because you guys asked some really, really good questions. Starting off with a question from Adam Spain. I put out the question for you guys asking for mailbag questions over on my Twitter page. And you can ask questions there. You can DM me. You could also leave me a comment asking a question on uh, one of my YouTube videos, and I will do the best I can to answer those either with a comment or I'll throw it in a future episode of the show. That being said, 
Let's check in with this question from Adam. Adam asked, latest on the McCroy recruiting and what's going on with wide receiver recruitment. So, as we all know, or maybe if you didn't know, one of Oregon's top commits in the 2024 recruiting class, Jaquan McCroy from Pinson, Alabama, Clay Chalkville High School, he took a recent visit out to Colorado, and that raised a lot of eyebrows, seeing that he is one of the top commits in Oregon's 2024 class and the highest-rated offensive line commit for Dan Lanning and the Ducks in the 2024 recruiting class. So when he took that visit, it caught a lot of people's attention because Deion Sanders has been doing a very good job recruiting offensive linemen this cycle to keep his son quarterback Shadur Sanders upright in 2024. The the Colorado offensive line was terrible in 2023. So that has been one of the top offseason priorities. One of the updates that we got on the Jaquan McCroy recruiting uh, recruitment, I should say, is that Oregon head coach Dan Lanning made the trip out to Alabama to McCroy's high school, Clay Chalkville High School. And you don't see McCroy in this picture, but probably safe to say that he got to spend some time with McCroy, sit down with him one-on-one and and just try to reaffirm that commitment with him. I don't have any specific insider intel on McCroy or this visit, but what I do have for whatever it's worth Uh, He did show up to his football game last Friday in the state playoffs wearing an Oregon sweatshirt. So for whatever that's worth, I know it's just optics, but at least it wasn't a Colorado sweatshirt. And I think one of the important things with regard to this recruitment for Jaquan McRoy is the fact that he hasn't committed to Colorado because The Buffs went on a huge terror, landing a ton of offensive linemen, headlined, of course, by five-star offensive tackle Jordan Seaton from IMG Academy. But they also added some guys from the transfer portal and all of that momentum, and we still haven't seen anything from Jaquan McRoy. So maybe it's a no-news-is-good-news type situation here with one of Oregon's top commits in the 2024 class. This would be... Pretty, pretty significant if the Ducks could hang on to him as we get to the early signing period next week. Because when you go into the Southeast, when you go into the South and get some of these truly, really, really talented guys, they are highly coveted. And it's going to be hard to hang on to them because other schools are going to come in, specifically, I think, in the Southeast, closer to home. And they'll probably say something along the lines of, oh, you don't want to go to Oregon stay closer to home so your family can come see you, so your friends can come see you. But I remember when I interviewed McCroy, he kind of spoke to that a little bit and said, you know, the the best thing for someone else, I think he said the quote was, little Timmy down the street may not be what's best for me. So he's perfectly comfortable going all the way to Eugene to play his college football for Elite Terry, who, as I said in yesterday's episode of the podcast, has had a tremendous first year with the Ducks. Rubington Trophy winner, Jackson Powers Johnson, Iapani Laulaulu, a 247 Sports true freshman All-American. And then you also have the Ducks up for the Joe Moore Award. So things have been going great for Elite Terry. 
And even though the Ducks missed on Jordan Seaton, I think I saw something that said, I think it was from Steve Wolfon that said Dan Lanning went to go visit Jordan Seaton out in the state of Florida. So that's something to keep an eye on. I, I tweeted after Seaton committed that an official visit to Oregon isn't off the table. Still need to see if there's anything new on that front, but that was a recruitment that we all kind of expected to go down to the wire. That's a five-star guy, and everyone's going to be calling between now and signing day. That's kind of what you expect, but that's the latest that we're hearing on Jaquan McRoy following his visit out to Colorado. Let's see what else we have here in the mailbag podcast. Let's talk about some transfer portal because that is a huge, huge topic right now. We have a question from Up the Sco. Uh, Up the Sco asks at M Sports, what's the predictability of getting Nolan Moore and cornerbacks that are in the portal? That's Texas A&M defensive lineman Walter Nolan, UCLA quarterback Dante Moore, and then cornerbacks in the portal. There's one name in particular I'm going to talk about, but we'll see what else the Ducks do in the portal with regard to the cornerback spot. Starting with Walter Nolan, he is the biggest target for Oregon now in the transfer portal. Some might say Dante Moore, but I would give precedent to and priority to Walter Nolan, because the Ducks already got their quarterback for 2024 when Dylan Gabriel committed transferring from Norman to Eugene for his final year of college football. That was a massive recruiting win, but Walter Nolan, based on what I've been hearing and what I've been told, the Ducks have expressed that he is their top priority in the transfer portal. The Ducks were involved in a little bit of a roundabout way, if you will. Dan Lanning in Georgia was involved with Walter Nolan when he was coming out of high school out of the state of Tennessee in the 2022 recruiting class. And while the Ducks haven't landed any Georgia transfers per se, we've seen a lot of players entering the portal from Georgia. And basically what I'm trying to say is this is kind of a Georgia connection, a Georgia tie that could ultimately end up benefiting the Ducks in the long run. Walter Nolan's going to be taking a visit out to Ole Miss this week. And from what I'm hearing, it seems like those are the top two schools right now in his recruitment. We know how fast transfer portal recruitments move, but the fact that Oregon was able to get that first visit could really help pay dividends in this recruitment. I think it says a lot about this coaching staff that they were able to get him on campus for a visit. And then just to kind of couple that, with a little bit more defensive line news, it seems like there's a growing sense of confidence that Jordan Birch is going to be coming back in 2024. That is not confirmed, and he has not announced that as of this recording. But based on the conversations that I've had recently, that is one of the things that I'm hearing, and that would obviously be a very significant development for the Ducks. And it's like we say with recruiting. Happens in high school, happens again in college. Good players want to play with good players. So pairing Walter Nolan with a Jordan Birch after you're losing guys like Brandon Dorless and Casey Rogers, Taki Taimani, that would be a crazy, crazy combo along the defensive line in 2024 for defensive line coach Tony Tuioti and defensive coordinator Tosh Lapoy. So we know that that defensive line group is one that's going to need some help and that the Ducks are obviously looking to the portal 
for a little bit of help there. Walter Nolan is kind of that biggest name circled. I'd be curious to see if they get involved with LT Overton at all, but it seems like he's got a couple of visits planned elsewhere. Haven't seen a whole lot linking those two schools, but it's great for Oregon to get Walter Nolan on campus. Going to have to keep close tabs there on, on that recruitment. And then another note to add here on the defensive line for the Ducks in 2024, it's not like the cupboard's bare, right? You are losing a lot of experience. You are losing a lot of production. But look at some of these guys that Oregon is going to be turning to. You signed some really big names along the D-line in 2023 that didn't necessarily see too much playing time, but they were developing the whole year, right? You got guys like Terrence Green. You got guys like Ashton Porter along that defensive line. Michael Gardner, Amari Washington. When, when I was in San Antonio last year, I actually had the chance to sit down with Amari Washington's high school coach at Chandler, right? Out of Chandler, Arizona. And I was talking to him a little bit. Uh, I apologize. I'm blanking on his name right now, but I was speaking with that head coach and he was basically just telling me that he was shocked that Amari Washington wasn't an All-American. You know, he checked all of those boxes, super physical, super athletic, twitchy guy. And then Casey Rogers, I think, was hyping up Michael Gardner throughout uh, spring ball or maybe it was fall camp. So they have some pieces on that roster that I think that they're feeling pretty comfortable turning to. And then Tavita Pomee hitting the transfer portal. That was a little bit surprising, but uh, I think it speaks to how confident Oregon feels in the guys that they already have in that room at that position. So the defensive line group is going to look different, yes, in 2024, but I think the Ducks feel good about their options, and, and we know that they have been very, very good at capitalizing on their options in the transfer portal. So that's what the answer is for Walter Nolan. At predictability of getting Nolan, I'd maybe put it around a six and a half, seven out of 10 if we're putting it on a scale right now. And the reason I say that is because Ole Miss is in the SEC. He's from the South. And we know that that can play a role in these recruitments. But you give you have to have some confidence if you're Oregon, I think, because of what you've done along the defensive line, because of what you've done as a defense. Your head coach is Dan Lanning, a defensive-minded coach. So I think things like that can obviously help. But Lane Kiffin and the, and the Rebels have done a great job in the transfer portal as well. But we know that that's more so an offensive school. So we'll have to see. Dante Moore, I'm going to go around a six and a half, seven again, because we have a new development since this question was asked on my Twitter account. Dante Moore is reportedly visiting Eugene this week. That trip is supposed to start on Thursday. That comes from on threes, Pete Nakos. Nakos, I'm not sure how to say his last name. I apologize, but he is doing a great job covering transfer portal movement and recruiting. So I believe that is Dante Moore's first visit, the Oregon visit on Thursday. And boy, is that a huge, huge visit for the Ducks. Not only because Dante Moore is one of the most sought after and one of the top available quarterbacks in the transfer portal, but because they just landed Dylan Gabriel and then now they're just putting that, that pedal is not even to the floor. That pedal is through the floor. If you're looking at the quarterback position for Oregon right now, getting Dante Moore on campus, I believe that's his first visit. Like I said, with Nolan is incredibly significant. 
you have to figure that a school like Michigan has been in contact with Dante Moore. I haven't heard that, but I know that that was one of the schools that was floated out there when he entered the transfer portal, moving on from the Bruins. And he is from Michigan, so that would obviously make a whole lot of sense. But I think for Oregon, you have to feel good about the, the opportunity to get Dante Moore for a couple of reasons, because first and foremost, he was already committed to Oregon. And I think some fans are are maybe getting rubbed the wrong way saying he flipped away from Oregon. So why should Oregon want him? You know, is that burning a bridge or, or something like that? Right. But I really can't fault the kid too much for that decision because kids commit to coaches all the time. Kenny Dillingham was Dante Moore's primary recruiter. He was the OC and the quarterbacks coach at Oregon. So when he leaves that, that kind of, it made sense that, the stability or the strength of his commitment was kind of drawn into question. And I'm not trying to paint Dante in a bad light at all. Far from it. I'm saying I understand his decision completely and wholeheartedly. Do I think that UCLA was the right spot for him? Maybe not so much, but Hey, you get a, another fresh start now in the transfer portal. So the fact that he was already committed shows that he likes Eugene felt comfortable in Eugene saw a future for himself in Eugene. And then the second part of that is, We've been hearing a lot about development when it's with regard to Dante Moore. And I think he only did one interview. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think that that was kind of what he was saying was that he's prioritizing development at his next school. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Does that mean that he is okay with sitting on the bench for a year and being the primary backup to Dylan Gabriel? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. I'm just trying to dissect this and see, okay, what could this mean with regard to Oregon's quarterback situation moving forward? If you're Dante Moore and you want to get developed and you want to go to a school that's going to have a great offensive line, that's going to give you great skill talent to facilitate the offense with, 
Oregon's checking that box. You want to play for a great offensive mind and one of the biggest up-and-comers in the sport? Will Stein's got you covered. He was a finalist for the Broyles Award. So I think for, for Dante Moore, going to Oregon, hypothetically, right, would kind of be saying, okay, I'm all right sitting for a year. And I think learning behind a guy that's as experienced as Dylan Gabriel is, and maybe you see some similarities in their game. I think Gabriel's probably a better runner than Moore, but that would be an awesome situation if you're Dante Moore, being able to sit behind Dylan Gabriel and learn from one of the best quarterbacks in college football and then get acclimated to Eugene. And then by the time 2025 runs around comes around, you are ready to hit the ground rolling. And it would also help Oregon because they hypothetically wouldn't have to turn back to the transfer portal. And I talked about this last week when I was talking with Ryan winter, just about the idea of taking two transfer portal quarterbacks with the second one being a younger guy with much more eligibility remaining. He'll get, if he redshirts at Oregon in 2024, he would have three years of eligibility remaining if he were to win the starting job in 2025. And then you'd have to wonder, what does that mean for Austin Novosad? Who knows? He's been at Oregon for a season now, but bringing in transfer portal quarterbacks can always kind of murky, muddy the waters a little bit. We know the Ducks are also expected to sign 2024 quarterback Luke Moga with the staff expected to do an in-home visit in Arizona tonight. So more, I'd go about six and a half out of seven, feeling pretty good about the Ducks being able to get that one done, getting him on campus this early. As far as cornerbacks, there aren't a ton of names in the in the transfer portal that I know about, except for Jermon McCoy, the Oregon State transfer cornerback six foot 180 pounds had a solid freshman season with the beeves 16 solo tackles two interceptions and seven pass breakups coming out of white house texas I and mean, we know how well the ducks can do and have done recruiting the state of texas so i think that mccoy is more than likely their top cornerback option right now but like i said got to do a little bit more digging on that one for McCoy, I don't know quite as much about him other than his or other than Oregon's ties to Texas. So I guess I'll put that one at like a five or a six out of ten. We'll have to see who visits. I think getting a commitment from a guy who doesn't visit is pretty rare, but that's why we have to track these visits. That's why we have to see what happens. Okay, great question. Admittedly, it took a little bit longer than I expected to answer it uh let's see here got a question from wink wink asks hey max love your work without sounding like the sky is falling are you concerned with the recruitment of the safety position seems like it's the one position that oregon can't lock down um i don't know if i'd say i'm concerned about the safety position as far as recruiting goes this Oregon staff knows that the safety position is probably one of the most important positions they need to address in the transfer portal. You're losing guys like Steve Stevens and Evan Williams. And then Brian Addison just announced that he will be transferring back to UCLA for his final college season. If you'll remember, he was initially committed to UCLA before he flipped to Oregon in the class of 2018. Taishim Johnson is the only projected returning starter from the 2023 season. And you do have 
a pretty solid guy. I would say someone to be pretty excited about at the safety spot coming in in 2024, Forney, Texas safety, Aaron Flowers. He's an All-American caliber player. And I think I haven't been told that the expectation is that he'll play right away, but just based on what I've been seeing from, from people on social media, he really made a huge impact in the Texas State playoffs. And I think he's a guy that is going to see the field sooner rather than later at Oregon. That being said, it is pretty difficult for a DB, a young DB, to see the field. We haven't seen a lot of guys do it. Javon Holland is probably the, the best safety that we can kind of point to during his time at Oregon. Now he's killing it with the Miami Dolphins. We know the Ducks are reportedly going to be hosting Kobe Savage, the Kansas State transfer safety. And he's supposed to be coming out to Eugene this weekend, a little West Coast trip, also checking out Washington. So I think Oregon will have a chance there. Another guy out of the state of Texas. But the fact that you're getting him on campus, I think, gives you a really good chance. And I don't know if he's going to Washington first or Oregon first. But we know that Oregon's been putting out some really solid defensive backs in recent years, specifically at safety with Javon Holland, of course. And then you also have Verone McKinley being a, a guy who was really, really big for the Ducks during his time in Eugene. So I think that's a group that you have to keep an eye on as far as the safeties go. Also, an interesting name to keep an eye on is Clemson safety Andrew Makuba. I think that the Texas Longhorns have a very good shot of winning that recruitment in landing his commitment, seeing that he is originally from the Lone Star State. And we know that there are plenty of Texas coaches from the state, from the Lone Star State on Steve Sarkeesian's Longhorn staff. We know they're hot right now. I think that they'll probably end up flipping Xavier Phil Simi, the McKinney, Texas safety, currently committed to Florida, but we will see what happens there. So I'm not concerned about it. It's definitely a group that needs a lot of help before the 2024 season. Thank you for the question. Wink. Getting a little bit of coffee in me, even though we're coming up on 12 o'clock noon. All right, let's see what we got here. I think we have two more questions. Um, here's one from Dallas, similar on the Dante Moore um, on the Dante Moore side of things, if Oregon doesn't pick up more in the portal, does Oregon need to grab another quarterback in the portal or prep quarterback to bolster the QB room? Thanks for all you do. Yeah, I think it's pretty evident at this point that Oregon would need another transfer portal quarterback in the event that they're not able to land Dante Moore. Aiden Childs is a big name in the transfer portal right now. Not quite sure why he's ranked as highly as he is, seeing that he didn't see a ton of action as a true freshman in Corvallis. I know he did see the field, but I don't think he saw as much of the field as Dante Moore did, so a little bit harder to project him. He's supposed to be taking an official visit to um, to Michigan State. He actually might have already done that over the weekend, but it looks like he is on track to follow Jonathan Smith to the Big Ten to East Lansing. So I don't really have any other names to keep an eye on right now. But to answer the question, I do think that if Oregon doesn't land Dante Moore, that they would probably need another transfer portal quarterback because you usually want to be working with about four scholarship quarterbacks on your roster. We got one more question to get into on today's mailbag episode of the show. 
If you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor and hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Really having a lot of fun doing this, and I want to do more mailbag podcasts in the future. But to do that, I need your guys' help, whether it's in the YouTube comments or in the DMs or on Twitter. Question comes from John S. Looking back on the regular season, what made it so special? How would you rank it among the other great Oregon seasons? And what was your favorite moment or moments? Man, this is a really cool question. It's a loaded question, so I'm going to do my very best to answer it. Um, I think part of what made it so special was Bo Nix was a huge part of it, right? Seeing what Bo was able to do and just completely reviving his college career. I know that um, when he committed to Oregon coming over from Auburn, there weren't a lot of people that were confident that he was going to do great. And now there's conversations that he's one of the best quarterbacks that Oregon's ever seen. Obviously was a Heisman Trophy finalist and had the Ducks on the doorstep of a Pac-12 title. They they ultimately come up short. But Bo Nix was a huge part of why this season was so special, just seeing him do special things on a week-to-week basis having him be the face of this team, a great representation of, of Oregon and a man who carries a young man who carries himself so, so well, was always fun to interview. I think that's part of what made it special. Troy Franklin was part of what made it special. He, he's been one of my favorite players to cover at Oregon. Maybe I'm a little bit biased because he comes from the Bay area where I'm from, but seeing a truly elite wide receiver at Oregon made the ducks so much fun to watch. I feel like I really liked watching the offensive line this year. They were just dominant. They moved incredibly well. You did see some penalties every now and then that those were a little bit frustrating to watch, I bet, if you were an Oregon fan, but the offensive line made it great. I think my favorite memories of the year, um, oh, man, I'd I'd probably have to go with the USC game because I was in Eugene for that game and, and just got to kind of experience the week as if I were living back in Eugene again, and my God, do I miss it. But just getting to go to the press conferences, uh, getting to talk to the players, going to practice, and just be back in Eugene, uh, enjoy the rain, enjoy the Pacific, enjoy the Pacific Northwest. That was really fun. But the USC game was really fun because that was a pretty dominant game for Oregon. Again, you saw some penalties come up, and I think Oregon could have just blown the doors off of USC if they played their best football, but they didn't. But I think one thing that was really fun for me in that game just watching from the press box was the pass rush play after play after play. They were getting after Caleb Williams. And I think that really showed the growth of that Oregon defense in 2023, just seeing that they had the right guy, seeing that they had the right scheme and just the pieces were kind of falling into place for that defense to truly look like it was a dominant group. I think that was one of the best parts of the year, just seeing dominant defensive line play It was good last year, but I think it was still short of the standard that Dan Lanning has set for this team. So seeing that pass rush was really, really fun. Caleb Williams is a phenomenal player. It was really fun to get to see him in person. And then going on the field, going down to field level was pretty fun. And getting to be on the field after that game, seeing players, you know, hugging and, and celebrating and just getting to soak all of it up. I really, really loved that. That was probably, um, my favorite moment or moment from the regular season. And I'd also say getting to cover the Pac-12 title game, even though the Ducks lost, it was super, super fun. 
getting to be out in Allegiant Stadium and getting to sit next to my guy Spencer McLaughlin. Had him on um, had him on a fairly recent episode. That was the Dylan Gabriel commitment. So you can go check that one out if you want to hear us converse. But as far as ranking this amongst other great Oregon regular seasons, um, it's probably my favorite season as far as as long as I've been covering the team. Uh, I got this job with Ducks Digest in 2021. So this is my third season on the beat. But I was also at Scoop Duck for two years, um, three years, three years, I think. Um, but didn't get to get in-person coverage at all until 2020. So I'd probably say this was my favorite regular season, at least covering the Ducks in, in person. So it's been a really, really fun time, and I just want to keep doing it. And, and you guys are part of what makes it possible for me to keep doing it. So incredibly grateful for you guys. Um, I think that's pretty much all I had on this episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast, Oregon Football Mailbag. But a couple of reminders before we go, like the video, subscribe to the channel, and then follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sports. We are one week away from the early signing period, so we are going to be ramping things up, and it's going to be a busy time. So if you want Oregon recruiting, you want Oregon transfer portal coverage, I am your guy. But until next time, thank you so much for taking some time to talk some duck football with me, and we will see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.